Madison's Alternative, 106.7 The Resistance. This week on the Disruptor Series, I'm joined by Chad Tepper. Hello. What's going on? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? There's been so much rain, right? Yeah, I I shouldn't say it. I love the rain, but it's been kind of heavy the last two weeks. Uh, it was so weird because um, I did two shows in New York City at uh, Brooklyn Bowl, and, we, and it was freezing there. And then as soon as we got back from New York, it just started raining here. So then I was like sick, and it was raining and freezing. So it was kind of miserable. But then last week, I started to feel a little bit better. And then I was like, ooh, the rain. So I would like leave the window open and like meditate with the rain. It was beautiful. I heard some people out there didn't know that you have to clean out your gutters because it's just never a problem out in California. So their like houses and stuff were flooding, their roofs were leaking because they didn't know they had to clean out their gutters and it's just been downpouring. That might be the reason why my garage is leaking. You might have caught, you might have just solved the whole problem because it's my garage is leaking. I'm like, what is going on here? Oh, there we go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) gutters. Yeah. There's just too much going on right now in my life. I'm like, you know what? If my whole house wants to flood and it wants to take me away, let it come. (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't handle one more thing. I'm going to lose it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it just keeps piling up. You're like, you know what? Whatever. Especially after the holidays. A lot of people go through that. I, I spent too much money this holiday season. I, I, I'm i in regret right now. Have you ever seen uh, Christmas with the Cranks? No. Uh, so they decide to not spend money on Christmas. They skip Christmas. And then they just go on a vacation somewhere. And it's genius. Yeah. You know? Because think about how much money you spend on Christmas. It's like, you could just go to Hawaii for a week instead. <laughs> Is that what you did? No, that's what I want to do next year. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd like to go back to the beginning of your story for a moment. You spent a good chunk of your childhood homeless. How did you go from homelessness to pro skateboarder to rock star? Rock star. Uh, I like you saying that. Um, I don't think think I'm a rock star yet, but I, I really appreciate that. My life's been a roller coaster. It's been horrible, amazing, great. It's been all over the place. And um, when I was a kid, I was homeless for seven years. And I lived with my mom, my dad, my two brothers. We lived in cars, inside of the road, homeless shelters with friends and family. And when you're a homeless kid for several years, you go through and you see a lot of stuff that you probably shouldn't be seeing as a kid. So my outlet when I was going through all that is I had a tape player that my mom gave me from like Goodwill. And I would just listen to music from the 70s and 80s, you know, and 90s. And like, I would listen to cartoons in the morning on my cassette player because we didn't have a TV. And music was always my escape. It was the only thing that ever made me feel good. It was the only thing in my world of chaos that grounded me and rooted me into this earth and gave me a purpose. So from a very young age, music was the thing that brought happiness to me and my family. And my dad always wanted to be a singer. So it's so crazy that I could go from being homeless in Florida with nothing to being signed to an amazing label like Epitaph and my songs on the radio and millions of streams and all these crazy features from like Simple Plan and Cheat Codes and Bowling for Soup and Mod Sun. And it's really, really wild. When I was uh, in high school, I started playing guitar and writing poetry 
And I was that weirdo in high school because I grew up in Florida and everybody, they would hunt and they would fish and just live completely different lifestyles than what I was living in Florida. I was uh, vegan at the time and I would write poetry and I would go skateboarding and I got called every name in the book and it didn't make sense. But it's so weird because I was in a session yesterday and I was just writing lyrics and the producer's like, you're a really good writer. When'd you start writing? And I was like, I've been writing poetry since I was like a little kid. It was my coping mechanism. And he's like, isn't that weird how the things that were so horrible in your life are now helping you in your life? It's so crazy to me that I've been very fortunate to be able to do everything I want to do in life. And I think it's because I come from a very real place where everything that I dream of, it's like I'm addicted to. It. It's like my morning coffee or like I'm on drugs or something. I have to have it. I have to go skateboarding every day, all day. I have to write music all day, all, all night. I have to sing. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's like ADHD times a million where it's like, okay, when I started recording music, it was like, this is the only thing I'm doing all day, every day until you get burnt out. And then it's like, okay. I need like a week off and then I can get back into it. But for me, it's kind of sad, but music is the only thing that's kind of kept me alive in my horrible years that I've gone through. From being a kid, you know, to going through bad breakups, to horrible friendships or family problems or life problems, music's always there for you. And it's the only thing that can make you happy, make you cry, get you excited. You know, when that song comes on, you're just like, <gasps> and it's just like that instant, like <sighs> heavenly feel. It's the music is the closest thing to heaven. It, it really is. Like, it's the only thing that can give you everything you want. And um, so many bands and so many people have done that for me that I want to do that now for other people. That's all I want. If I can just affect one person and take one person out of their world and transform them into another world, like what they did for me when I was a kid. Yeah. So m music is just such a beautiful thing. And I feel like for me, I never gave up. I've been booed off stage been laughed at, you know, everything. I've been told everything in the world from giant A&Rs to record labels to managers. Oh, good luck, man. You know, I, I don't see it, but, you know, maybe, maybe one day, you know. I think the biggest thing, anybody listening, if you have a dream, chase it. And don't ever let anybody tell you anything from your parents to your family to your friends to random people. If you want to do something, do it and run for it and never give up and you'll get there. Would you say that you get burnt out by writing music the same way you did with like skateboarding or anything else? Or is it a different kind of burnout? Writing music for me, I get burnt out when I'm in the studio at like six, seven, eight times a week. That's when I get burnt out. But writing music is, is really weird for me because I'll wake up at four in the morning and be like, <gasps> or I'll wake up and I'll, it'll be like five in the morning. I'm like, baby, baby, are you up? To my girlfriend, she's like, what? And I'm like, write this down. Or like, I'll be in the shower, or I'll be driving, or I'll be at Disney, or I'll be at 7-Eleven, and something will pop in my head, and I write it down. Pierre Bouvier, A Simple Plan, is one of my like best friends, and he's helped me a lot, and he produces a lot for me, and he comes in and writes sometimes and different things, and he told me, he's like, Chad, you have great music, you have an iconic voice, one of my favorite voices I've ever heard, but you need a hit. You gotta get a hit song. Once you get a hit song, it's over. So I think I have some great songs. You know, maybe I don't have that one yet. We'll see. But now it's like in my head. It's like, okay, oh, okay, Pierre. 
okay, Pierre, I'm going to get you a hit one day, brother. So now it's like my main goal. It's like, I want that hit song. So anything that pops in my head or if I have a dream, I have to write it down. And the great thing about writing music for me is it's, it's therapy. Sometimes it's not good. Sometimes it's not great, but it's therapy and it helps me in my life. And I think that's the great thing with my music is everything's authentic. Everything's real. And that's kind of why I have a problem sometimes working with writers because they want to tell their story and I want to tell my story. I just need, you know, maybe a word here and there to throw in <laughs> um, because when I'm like a hundred or I'm not going to make it to a hundred, but let's say I do when I'm a hundred and I have like grandkids and stuff, I want them to listen to my music and be like, Oh, this is what my grandpa went through. These are his struggles. This is real life stuff. And that's kind of what, songwriting is to me and uh my mom lives in a trailer right now and uh you know it's run down and just horrible and it's the trailer that we moved into after we were homeless and my mom still lives there so my biggest dream is like i just want to get her out of that trailer it's, it's bad it's it's really really bad so i made this song i'm gonna buy us a house and it's coming out on friday and it's about my whole life journey about like what I went through being homeless and how I want to buy my mom a house and take care of her. So it's uh, it's definitely therapy for me when I write lyrics. I've talked to dreamers before and they mentioned how much they love to collaborate and share the fan base that they have with other people and gain new fans by collaborating. Do you feel that way too, since you collaborate with so many people? For me, the reason why I collaborate with so many people is music for me is just I'm living my dream and all these artists that I've collaborated with, it's not because they're like big or famous. It's because like I grew up listening to these people, like, like, you know, imagine 12 year old Chad outside of my mom's trailer, listening to simple plan, you know, and singing it word for word or listening to Travis McCoy from gym class heroes, you know, or listening to bowling for soup. And then fast forward, I have a song with them. It's the coolest thing in the world. There's nothing better than that. So I feel like the collaborations are a new thing. It's like Simple Plan has never done a feature for anybody in their lives. It, they're a band. It's unheard of. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like Bowling for Soup. It's so cool that, you know, I was the first person to ever have a Simple Plan feature. And it was a lot of pulling teeth to, to make it happen. But what a dream to get to have your voice next to somebody you've listened to your whole life. I've already made it. I don't need anything else in my life. I've already made it. So it's, it's pretty awesome. We got to watch Lit together in Cleveland last summer. And then you released a song with Lit. Did you meet them at that concert? We were at? This is the thing that's so freaking cool. So I grew up listening to Lit just like anybody, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I go on TikTok and there's a TikTok that people are tagging me in. And it's Lit saying, who you want to collaborate with in um, 2022 or whatever. And it's like big artists. And then it's me. And I'm like, what? What? You want to collaborate with me? And I've never met these guys before. So I was like, how do you even know about me? Like, this is crazy. So then we went to the, uh, the gathering in uh, Rock Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, that was like the coolest moment of my entire life. At that moment, I was like, is this real? And <laughs> I go to the front stage. And, you know, it, this is like a business thing, you know, so everybody's sitting down and this is probably like everybody's like one millionth time doing this. But me, I'm like a little kid and I'm like, ah, lit. 
So I run to the front row and I start dancing and I'm living it up. You know, I'm, I, I might've had a little adult beverage, you know, one or two, not nothing crazy. And I'm living it up. Like I'm the best moment of my life. I got my manager with me, lit's up on stage. And then AJ from lit's like, Oh no way. We got Chad Tepper in the crowd. I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, and then during my own worst enemy, he takes the microphone and he points it at me to sing. And I'm like, bro, you are at like a radio thing right now. Like you shouldn't be like looking at me, like focus on these guys. And like, I'm just here to have fun. It was so crazy. And then they, they got off stage and went to the side and it was the first time I ever met lit. But before I even met them, they treated me like family. Those guys are such sweethearts, the, the sweetest people. And so iconic. Like they played Woodstock 99. Like, yeah, the world makes no sense to be honest with you. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand how I get to live these dreams of mine, but I'm very thankful and very lucky. We yeah. walked around the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame while we were there, and I think you took hundreds of pictures. Is there anything that still stands out to you? I am the uh, biggest Nirvana fan, and uh, Kurt is just like such a big inspiration to me. We lived similar lives, similar things, like a lot of things that he went through i went through a lot of things that he stands for i stand for and um so when i saw kurt's guitars in there and then his death certificate like ugh, that was hard to see but it was the coolest thing i ever saw in there was uh, nirvana's demo tape that they would send out to people and i'm just like there was a point where nobody knew who kurt cobain was there was a point where nobody knew who nirvana was there's a point where labels were like oh nirvana oh, yeah good luck buddy you know, radio stations probably didn't want to play them because they were too grungy or, or, or not mixed right or whatever. And like, think about how many people said no to them and look at how amazing they are and how many lives they've changed. So that was like great motivation for me because my whole life I've been told no. And my whole life I've been told I'm not good enough. And I'm sure, you know, in the next five or 10 years, I'm going to hear the same exact thing, you know, from radio stations to you know labels or different people saying i'm not good enough or my music sucks or whatever whatever but at the end of the day like they're in the rock and roll hall of fame and it's nirvana that was just like seeing those outfits and stuff it's so crazy that it, rock and roll hall of fame exists if, if, if anybody's is a big music fan and they've never been there like you gotta go that was so cool didn't you buy a dolly parton jacket how do you not buy a dolly parton jacket <laughs> I might have spent a little bit too much money at the Rock Roll Hall of Fame, uh, but, you know, when am I going to be back there? Yeah, you got you to take advantage while you're there. Back to your song, I Want to Be Your High. Someone commented on that video, said, reminds them of the summer of 2019 when everything was good and we could live our lives. How does a comment like that make you feel? Makes me want to cry a little bit, to be honest with you, because my biggest dream is I want people to be affected by my music. That's like... I want people to have that feeling, you know, like the first time I listened to Kurt, you know, and the first time I listened to, you know, just music that changed my life and made me feel good. So hearing, sorry, it's that's, I, I'm not used to people like saying nice things to me, like ever in my life. I'm always used to being the loser or being the guy that nobody respects or cares. So when someone like, write something like that about your art. It's uh, It makes me feel really good. It makes me feel like I might be doing the right thing, you know? Yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah. So what's coming up for you this year? Do you have album plans, tour plans? Yeah, so 
I'm figuring out tour stuff right now. Anybody out there wants to bring me on tour, let's go. Um, I, I've done so many tours and shows in the last couple of years that I really want to focus on my writing right now and, and get this album out. There is a EP album that is going to be dropping around summertime. I'm really excited about that. I, I haven't put out a piece of work in like two years. The last thing I put out was this EP called Trash Loser. And that was about two years ago. And um, I've always been afraid that I was going to put out because I have like 85 unreleased songs. Like I, I have so many unreleased songs and like a good like 60% are like really good. But I've always been afraid to put out a body of work and no one cares about it. You know, that's the good thing about like putting out singles. You put out a single, you can kind of like shove it down people's throats. Like check out my new song, check out my new song, you know, and then potentially they're going to listen to it but you put on an album and some of your songs might get you know passed by and a lot of this music is my heart and my soul and it's my real energy and my real emotions and feelings and what's going on in my life so i want to make sure that it gets heard so you know i do want to encourage everyone to see you live once you announce that tour because your live show is so much fun you have so much energy, and I love that about you. But your live show is a show. <laughs> you know what's so crazy? I'm so insecure about like performing. I I've been doing it a lot, but you know, just like anything in my life, I'm a pretty insecure guy with my writing or my music or being on stage. I'm always like, you know, I, I want it perfect. I want it to be like the people I've idolized, you know? But everybody keeps saying I do a great live show. Like I, I did the Roxy a couple months ago. And people were like, you're really great live. And I was like, oh, I, I thought I sucked really bad. So thank you for seeing. <laughs> I just like to have fun. You know, if I'm on stage and I'm not having fun, what is the point? This isn't just a job. This is, this is me being able to live my dreams. This is, you know, 10-year-old Chad living in a car, fake playing guitar, you know, and like singing the top of my lungs. Now I'm on these giant stages. So it's like, how can you not be happy? How can you not be excited when you go from having nothing to eat and wearing the same clothes and, and sleeping in a car in a seat, stand up like this next to your mom and your brother for years? How can you not be excited when you get to have these great things in life? So it's a blessing and a curse. But, um, but thank you so much for that nice compliment. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you for... Um, given me uh, an opportunity to talk to you and uh, it's very good to see you again and I hope you're well and uh, thank you so much for everything this is a uh, this is a dream I, I I cannot believe my songs being played on the radio it's 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 like how, how is that even a possibility so so thank you so it, it means everything thank you so much we're gonna listen to I want to be your high by Chad Tepper right now on the resistance <laughs> 